0: we have some exciting news, babe. We have exciting news? We what? are finally, after a year, the Small Business camp is going to take off. Finally. It's going to yeah.
1: launch. I'm pretty excited. We've put a lot of work into this.
0: Yeah. So I figured we would celebrate tonight by having a guest.
1: Yay. I like when we have guests. And it's been a hot minute since we had one.
0: Yeah. So it's a great pleasure for me to introduce our next guest, Andrew Calderella. His book, The Way, is the perfect solution to all the problems facing our world right now. I'm so excited to talk with Andrew, but before I bring him on, um, let me give you a little background about him because he has an amazing story. So he, he was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1966. Wow, he's a year younger than me. Um, to parents fighting for the civil rights movement. Um, his life is a combination of the Rocky story, Think and Grow Rich, and the Celestine Prophecy on Steroids. He has been through so many harrowing and intense situations that those stories alone could fill volumes. He has overcome dyslexia, other learning disabilities, being legally blind in one eye and being bullied to become a school leader, athlete, and attain university degrees in speech and communications, religious studies, and Eastern philosophy. He lived overseas, traveled the world, is a martial artist, yogi, and what many call a health and fitness fanatic. Seems like another thing we have in common. He's a serial entrepreneur and has run a successful strategic consulting firm for over 20 years. He's the creator of the 7th Foundation and One Movement and the best-selling author of The Way, 7 Revolutionary Steps to Living a Meaningful Life and Making a Real Difference in the World. He is an inspirational speaker, trainer, and coach who specializes in helping athletes, entertainers, entrepreneurs, executives, and other leaders to become their best in all areas of life while making a more significant, positive impact on our world. He's helping some of our world's leading movers and shakers and will influence many more of the years to come. So please join me in welcoming Andrew Calderella to the nightly rant. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate your
2: opportunity to have me here. Thank you. Thank you for joining so us, your, everybody.
0: Your story is very interesting because I mean, you know, overcoming learning disabilities, especially dyslexia. I've
2: known so many people who have tried and failed with that. That um, tell tell us more. Tell us more sure, about your story. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody always wants to talk about the beginning. It's like going through the most traumatic events in your childhood on every show. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was not easy. I mean, when you're a kid, I was also legally blinded when I have a lazy eye. So they put a patch over my good eye and made me look out of my bad eye. So I had, uh, learning disabilities and this lazy eye and literally I didn't do much well. I could do math or spell or catch a ball to save my life and, uh, was bullied relentlessly, called stupid every day, mocked, terrorized, and even the teachers, you know, one teacher in my elementary school said I was too stupid to learn anything. I should just quit and drop out. Um, the way I got through it, honestly, was to learn how to compensate for it. I, obviously, um, you don't you don't uh, like you're not cured from it. <laughs> you know I have dyslexia, but my uh, special teacher, my mom, really helped me to learn how to visualize things differently. My mind works differently. Um, just so you know, a lot of people with learning disabilities, we also have uh, gifts. My brain was analyzed and whatever I it just is formed differently. It, it interacts differently. Um, I was tested out as a genius in abstract thinking and things, but again, I could do math to save my life or remember how to spell certain words. Uh, even if I could remember them once, I couldn't remember them again. So that challenge of having, uh, some gifts, but also having these great deficits, I think is, is one of the, um, the unique challenges that allowed me to maybe see some things that other people didn't, because all the way through this whole thing that I was going through, I was really Kind of on a greater mission as a child and isn't even as an adult. When I say as a child, it's just because, uh, um, you know, you kind of go into your little world. I couldn't see well. I didn't have many friends. Uh, Casper the ghost was like my buddy. You know, he didn't have friends. He was a friendly ghost. And, um, so I had a, a big, uh, imagination, a lot of spiritual experiences. And I just really wanted to figure out why all these bad things happened to us as, you know, children. My sister almost died so many times was, in the hospital operations and met so many kids with so many problems. So throughout my life I've been working to solve those problems for us and uh I dedicate my life to it. And that's where I'm I'm probably 30 something years <laughs> after uh kind of coming up with some epiphanies to figure it out. But uh that's what I'm doing here today. So what inspired you to write your book the way? Well like I said it was uh you know probably drawn out of my experiences as a kid and, and growing up and finding all these Traumas and trials of life, and everybody looking for these answers on, you know, how do we, how do we overcome these challenges of negative thinking, depression, and suicide? How do we become the best people we can be to be happy? Um, what I found is that for every one of us, it's (laughs) never seen those guys balancing chairs or, uh, uh, plates in the air on these sticks. You ever seen those guys that are running around and keep balancing all of them? Yes. But life is like that. I mean, you're you're as strong as your weakest link, right? I mean, if your health goes, if your relationships go, or any other major facet of your life, it can ruin you. It can really put you back. It can um, lead you away from your your mission in life. Your your really uh your your happy life. So what I found is that you need to find kind of a founder uh, firm foundation in all of these different areas if you're really going to become the best person you can be. So that's what the way is about, is how we all can kind of get on the same page in all these foundational areas of life and to join together to make the needed uh, changes in our society that we all truly want and uh, are pretty much on agreement on.
1: I really like the analogy of balancing the plates, because I, I, I don't know. I definitely feel like that some days where I'm like, I cannot balance a plate on the sticks in both my hands at the same time. They're just going to crash.
2: <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. And that's the key, I think. uh you know, if we ingrain certain characteristics and certain habits, like the way, just so you know, the way is living rational, positive action. And I say that because this is the characteristic, the the part of life that we are looking for. Like, what is the solution that I need? And every human asks this question and we all need a total solution. We need something we can live, right? So it's living. We need to live it. It can't just be something we do all the time or once a week or whatever. It needs to be part of our life. It needs to be Uh, living rational because it needs to be complete. It needs to be something that makes sense, and it's logical and customizable to fit our life no matter what's happening. And it needs to be good. It needs to be about uh, the positive, integrating what we as human beings call the most positive thing, our um, uh, virtues. So these are the traits we admire the most in people and the things that we all uh, wish to attain. So it's living rational positive action because it's about integrating these virtues into our life. But it's living rational positive action because we have to turn those virtues into action and we do that through, uh, creating habits and the best habits we call the best practices are the best ways of doing things. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. on being on your show, but speaking a little fast sometimes. Um, one of my notes here next to my camera is to slow down. <laughs> I get a little, <laughs> little amped up when I, when I talk. I'm still kind of new to this. So, so forgive me, audience, but, uh, what I'm saying is really important because this idea of, of the solution that we're all after, um, they always say, try to make the, the complex simple. You know what I mean? Like like this living rational positive action is the solution we're all after because it's about something you live all the time. It's logical, it's reasonable. It's about integrating virtue and best practices to be your habits of life. And again, it, it's not like we're all going to be the same, but if you have... Integrated the the certain ways of caring for your body, uh, certain ways of caring for your relationship, your nurturing, your friendships, your, uh, your intimate relationships. You know what I mean? All these best practices that people know and you put them into your life and customize them to fit you. It'll help you in your life and then you can grow beyond there. So that's kind of the whole idea here is that I think for humanity to all start this path to get on the the same page, we all need to kind of understand the way. And that's that we all want to. Be our best selves, you know, live our best life, live in a wonderful world. I mean, who wants war and hate and division and unfunctioning government and pollution and, you know, everything else, all the other stupid stuff we have in our world right now. We're just like, everybody, most of the people I talk to are like, this is ridiculous. You know, you, you look at the leaders and the people that have all the money, the billionaires, and you're like, what are you guys doing? It's not even that hard to figure out some of this stuff. It's so obvious if you just would stop all the games and the political um, posturing and the and the, you know, opposite perspective is what we must take to get power and division and all these other games we're playing. Uh, I really believe we could create a much better world very quickly. So
0: most people that I've spoken to have written written books that are sort of philosophical in nature um, have had have the book itself impact them after
2: publication. So how has this book impacted you after publication? After publication... Um, I'm still just working to get the message out. I've been living the way, um, you know, part of it, you know, all the way through. I've discovered stuff all the way through the 30 years. Don't get me wrong. But um, I've had a lot of major experiences in my life. And and when I was 19 years old, I had a major spiritual experience and it it changed my life. And it showed me some things that it really took me a long time to figure out um, what I was shown to see. You know what I mean? And so for me... I was changed by knowing the way because, you know, living rational, positive action is just the first idea um, of what the way is. And it's the next seven steps. And once you understand, you know, the best habits on how to live your life, uh, it, it will change who you are. You know, if you just... Let me just say to you this. I, I was, I was deep into Freud. I've been in years and years in studying the mind and the body and all these connections. And you, you listen to all these guys, you know, Jung and Freud and Skinner and all. It's like, it comes down to the, the people think you change your mind. You're going to change who you are. And then people know you've got to change your actions. You change who you are. Change your, what you do every day. And you put them both together. And that's really the solution. But when I was, um, listening to Freud, uh, I, he was going through these case studies and I was putting these things together. And what it dawned on me was if you put together, Faith healing, uh, the effect of placebos and how they will work on people. Um, uh, and the ability for people to heal themselves. And what Freud was talking about was the difference between these two people who had very similar experiences and one was, uh, doing so much better and some wasn't. And it's really their core belief system. It's their, will they believe? Do they believe that they can do this, that they can get better? I mean, if you do not believe that you will get better, this, you will not, you know, what I mean, it will stop you from, from attaining this. So, with this understanding it, i came to the realization um that humanity as a as a whole species we have a core belief system that if we shared it uh, would help us become the best people we can be and it starts with the idea of the laws of purpose and this idea of you know um, the primary purpose of life is for you to be your true self live your true life and go to heaven and the primary purpose of society is to become a true society. And I know I said heaven in there, don't let that freak anybody out. You can use whatever you want for the afterlife. You don't even need that in that sentence if it if it uh, bothers you much. But the idea of you becoming your best self, living your best life, creating the best society is kind of the whole idea. I mean, if you look at all of philosophy, all of theology and everything else, I mean, it really kind of boils down to that idea of creating our better self, uniting with the one, however you want to say that, and creating a, a wonderful world, right? Or we're going to fail, right? Or we're going to become corrupted and destructive and destroy everything and fail, right? So it's like this, this fight between good and evil, vice versus virtue. That's really the foundation of what we're trying to do here in life. And I think we lose sight of that in our society. If we shared certain common belief systems, um, we could, we could do away with most of the problems in the world right now. I'll give you three others that will fix most of the problems. You want to hear what those are? Of course. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I know I could go on for a while. Um, okay, these are really important, and if you, I'm going to do them in a different order here. But just these two together, uh, equality and treating people as you want to be treated. This is the idea of the golden rule and what equality really means. And let's just talk about for a second what equality really means. Equality doesn't mean that you have to love everybody like you're going to hang out with them and have a beer, whatever. Certainly we click with people and not others. And there are certain traditions and ways of doing things that you don't have to agree with. You know, uh, it, that is not the point of equality. Equality has to, first has to do with the fact that we're one species. You know, we always hear racism as an issue. But the fact is, race is not the problem because we're one human race. I mean, this is, we share 99.9% of our DNA. And for the faith uh, faithful, we all know that God created everybody and everything. So for science and faith and religion, we know that we're all one family. So in that sense, we're equal. When we're talking about equality, we mean that we all want to be treated with dignity and respect and uh, under the law and, you know, not, not discriminated against and treated horribly. You have to think about it like if it's not OK for you and you, your your kids, it's not OK for anybody. Right. I mean, it's. It's got to be an acceptable way of, of treating each other, being polite and having manners and the ways that our society's uh, systems are structured that people are not treated lesser and better than others in the sense we all should be treated as uh, wonderful people. Um, and the other one, again, the golden rule. This has shown up in every faith throughout all of human history. And the idea of treating others as you want to be treated or at least your loved ones is so fundamental to what it is to be human, and embracing the light side instead of the dark side. Um, and you add in the, the third one, which is respect life. And in the book, I cover what this means. It really has to do with world care. We care for our world properly. It will care for us. It will clean our water, give us food, and uh, nurture us, and everything else we need. If we destroy it, it will destroy us. It's really, really simple. So respect life. Um, all people are equal. And treat other people as you want to be treated. Again, those three alone could solve most of the problems in the world. And I'm serious. I mean, you look at anything from the inequities in the, the justice system to the destruction of our planet to the way we treat animals, each other in the street, you name it, um, those three alone would solve it. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Now, you had mentioned when we were first chatting, you had mentioned um, division in the, in, in the world, in our country, et cetera. Um, how do you see these principles Helping with that division.
2: Sure. Well, I think the, I always try to go from, you have to go from the center outward instead of the fringe in because if you deal with all the issues that the news people want you to deal with, you're never going to find any type of uh, clear path, right? Because they want you to be freaked out and divided because that's how they make money and gain power and everything else. So we have a lot of people in the world that are into the divisionary uh, politics tactics. To, to, like I said, gain power and, and whatnot. So for me, it's always starting from the center. You go through the way and you understand how to com- combat these issues. But I think the main point here is that we're not divided, okay? I, I talk to people all over this world and I have never once had people say that they want all the horrible stuff that's happening, you know what I mean? It's like nobody wants war and pollution and uh, division and unfunctioning government and businesses that are out of control and have no, you know what I mean? It's like you can just go down the list of just about any issue. It only comes to the, to the fact that right now people are being lied to and manipulated, and of course you would be angry if you heard and believed some of these things. You know, what I mean, it's like when you when we say people are stupid, I think that it's more that people are misled and uneducated, right? I mean, a lot of times it's like uh, one they aren't taught critical thinking and logical thinking. But we have to understand how how human beings are made. We're all born ignorant, right? We're all born helpless and dependent, um, which means we're totally dependent on the caregivers in our society to give us a good start if we're going to make it in this world. And some of us are given the wrong information, are told to follow certain authority figures that are taught telling them the truth and are manipulating them. And I'm just saying, I feel sorry. I mean, the, the first way that we're going to fix all of this is through uh, pity. You can't do it through anger. Uh, violence will never lead to peace. Uh, it's been proven throughout thousands and thousands of years of history. All you're going to do is piss people off. And that's mental I'm not just talking physical violence, I'm talking emotional violence, uh, the verbal violence, all the rest of this stuff is just gonna create people that w- walk away from you and not wanna listen to you. If you can't pity somebody who is being manipulated, um, then that's the problem, right? You have to be able to feel sorry for these kids that are growing up to be these adults that are so twisted. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you've known people that are in prison or come on the prison system that just had really horrible lives it's like you talk to these people you just feel sorry for them i mean you you can't not feel sorry for these people you know what i'm saying and and that's the problem our, our society is is a bit twisted not a bit a, a lot twisted and really really harmful to a lot of people and it's creating um people that are freaking out in our society so the only way to fix that is not through laws but to help fix this society and the, and again the biggest problems in the world i find are like the leaders, they don't have a core belief system that will allow them to navigate being powerful and getting all that arrogance and confidence and stuff, but still being able to do good and not being corrupted by it and feeling all sickness of the superiority infecting them to the point where they feel like they have to dominate everybody and whatever they think is right and all the rest of that stuff. Does that so, make sense? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you think that it it starts kind of with like one person making those changes in their mindset and how they think? Or do you think like a group of people need to get together and make a real movement for it?
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, it all starts with us kind of getting on the same page. So what I did is I created the way and the one. So the way is the book, and I'm going to be doing videos and expressing the ideas that are in there. The one is the one tribe, the one movement, and the one party. The one tribe is a group. Right now, it's just, again, I'm just starting this, so bear with me, people. Um, <laughs> It's a group on Facebook um, that we're just starting. Right now, it's just launching. And that's where we can, we're going to, I'm going to teach the principles that are in the way so you don't have to necessarily read the book. Um, I want to make this as easy and accessible as possible. I want to make it like people say, Google it. You say, I live the way. I know the way. And I'm starting to um, create a lot of materials on how we're going to do that. So the idea is, like you said, it's to get the knowledge. You can get it through reading, get it through videos. I don't care how you get the knowledge. But then we join together as a community and, uh, you know, have fun and, and do all the good things in the tribe that that all people do, learn and have fun and whatnot. And then the movement and party is where we actually make the changes in the world. So the movement about literally focusing people um, on making the changes in the world, and the party is literally going to be a political party uh, that is all about making government work properly for everybody and forgetting all these political games. Um, and the one movement is really about joining all people and movements together So that we can have more power doesn't mean you stop doing what you're doing it just means as you're doing your movement you're also joined with this larger movement think about it like this if every group that is fighting for equal rights in the world could join under one umbrella and then have some amount of assistance you know from the hundred million other people in this group to focus on certain issues on occasion throughout the month throughout the year uh, they would have a lot more power. And, and when I talk to people in a lot of countries, uh, like Nigeria or wherever, they have nobody. You know what I mean? It's like when you have nobody and you're trying to do it yourself from, from your, your house and your four friends, it's really, really, really daunting. You know what I'm saying? So if you could join within a much bigger organization and you're like, wow, I have a million people now that are out there rooting for me and gonna post on social media for me, that's a whole different ballgame. So that's the idea behind these. And again, I'm just starting this out. I need all the help I can get. I'm doing it all myself. Um, and we're, uh, but we are going to change the world. And it does start with one person and a few people. And that's how the whole world changes. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so, okay. You, you earlier said that you don't believe that people are divided. And, and, and then just now you, you, you kind of triggered something on me because you mentioned political parties. So if people aren't divided, why is it that they automatically disagree? When they find out they're talking to somebody from a different political party than they are in.
2: That's a great question. I love this question. Um, it goes to our tribal roots and it's very man related. Okay. And women do this too because we're all tribal. We're all human. Think about this, man. Think about it like this. You have your sports team. You know, men that do it doesn't matter what that sports team does. They will love that team to death. They'll go out there in the middle of winter. If they're losing, (laughs) they've been losing for 40 games. So this idea of us versus them especially in America, right? Because now it's red, blue, red, blue teams. You got to go against the other team, man. It almost doesn't matter what they say. They could say, we need our children to be healthy. How dare you say our children? We are taking care of our children. You know what I'm saying? You could almost say anything and the other side will say the opposite. And that's what this, uh, that's what I'm saying about this. There's a word for this where you always take the opposite position and then you feel superior because now you're the uh, the one that knows, you know, what I mean, even if you're wrong, and you can see this throughout history with people like the church. A great example of the scientists saying, hey, you know, uh, we're rotating. No, you are not rotating around the sun. You know what I'm saying? And they fight back and forth. They're superior. I must crush you, literally burn you at the stake for suggesting <laughs> such a thing. Um, you know, what I mean, that's what's happening. I mean, that's what you're seeing. It's almost like they can almost say the most absurd thing in the world. And people are like, yes, our party is about this now. You know what I mean? And, and this, this tribalistic, um, uh, manipulation, though, is also, also very, what do I want to say? Okay, let's look at World War II as a good example, and the Crusades. Okay. Good people have been talked into doing really horrible things. Like, and they think it's good. You know, I mean, I, I've never met one Christian that would go, do you think Jesus Christ would have said, I want you to come down to my homeland, kill, rape, and pillage everybody that you see? You know what I'm saying? This is the Prince of Peace. I mean, give me a break. The same thing with World War II. You talked to Germans and it's like, they didn't, Hitler wasn't out there being like, we're evil, join the evil empire. You know what I mean? He, they, you know, we're Satan. We're following. That's not what he was doing. He was like, no, you know, we're, we're good. Those people are lying. They're manipulating us. This is the truth. And he was lying to them, right? But they believed him because he was the authority figure that they were placing their trust in. And that's the problem with humanity is that we are placing our trust in people that are of a system That aren't necessarily good people that have taken it over. It's like, like the Church of Jesus Christ might have been a really pure idea, but certainly when the Roman Empire took it over and, um, the, uh, you know, what it's transformed in our society, no Christian believes that Church of Jesus Christ has transformed into what it really should be, right? It's so fragmented, divided. It's, uh, committed horrible atrocities throughout the ages. You know what I'm saying? But there's beauty in there. So that's, that's like humanity. It's like we're a hero story. Right. And a horror story (laughs) all at the same time going through history. Right. There's 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 amazing people out there doing amazingly good things. But there's also really horrible people doing really destructive things. So who's got the most power? The problem is the destructive people have and have had and always uh, throughout history have had the most power. Um, They just have the
1: loudest voice. As we've learned at a couple of events we've gone to, those who yell the loudest always seem to think they're right. But they very rarely are.
2: I yell the loudest and yell, uh, the most often. You know, it's like we get, I talk about this in the book, and the idea of how, um, every organization can be corrupted. Because if you look at any organization, it's always the people that are really, really into it, right? Like I'm way into this organization that end up working for it and taking the leadership. The problem is the fanatic people aren't always the, the most, you know, uh, grounded people. And if your organization, look at the, the Church of Jesus Christ, it was, you know, run by popes eventually that thought they were the, the lords of the earth, right? They were infallible. They ruled over kings. They tortured their own people, In the, you know, in the Inquisition. I mean, literally, you know what I'm saying? So this is like, and they're thinking they're doing good. And this is the idea that no human that does evil thinks they're doing evil. We all think we're doing the great God's work. People are blowing themselves up with bombs. They're thinking they're, they're doing what God is telling them to do. So this is what I mean about the sickness of superiority infecting everything. It, it's twisting us to think that the evil acts that we do, and our, or our, uh, even what we don't do, uh, is somehow good. We all want to be good. But knowing if we are or not is really the key here.
0: See, I- I'm not sure if I completely agree with you on this, because I personally believe that people are very tribal in nature. So... You know, you, you kind of brought up the, that when you talked about the people having their favorite sports team. You know, yep. they, um, they, they love that team and, you know, not to make fun of Cleveland, but, you know, <laughs> poor, poor, poor Cleveland suffered for so many years with none of their sports teams doing anything good. Um, but they stick by their team. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter how good they do or how bad they do, they stick by their team. And, I think political parties are a lot the same way. Um, Someone decides to put check that box that says they're a Democrat. And then no matter what a Democrat says, they're going to believe that and back that up. And I think that the whole entire pandemic response here in the United States pretty much proves that point because, you know, first you had first you had people saying masks. We don't need masks. Then it was, if you don't wear a mask. You can't come near me. Um, That's a, that's kind of a weird pivot. Um, And then, you know, then they want to, then they want to sell it to you by saying, well, it's the science. But from what I've learned in science, you know, especially because we're dealing with biology here, um, biology is what it is. Your, your body does what it does. Viruses do what they do. And you can't tell me that the science was one thing on May 1st and a different thing on May 15th because they're, it doesn't change that rapidly. Um, and there's no way that data came through fast enough for it to change. So there's there's that tribal mentality. The tribe decided they wanted things a certain way. And so they put that message out there and the rest of the tribe members just kind of fall in line and and they do what they're supposed to do. And the most maddening part about that is that when you run into one of those seriously, like how to put it, um, I'm just going to call it really sold out tribal members. Okay. When you run into one of those people, it doesn't matter what you show them. They, they will not listen to you because their tribe did not tell them that that was okay to hear. And it's, it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, there's a, I'm not going to name, I'm not going to name it, but there, there's a religion that um, essentially when they have their meetings, they have these papers and there's numbered paragraphs and they'll ask a question and the answer will be in paragraph eight. And if you don't read word for word, what was put in paragraph eight, they'll say, thank you for your answer. And ask someone else. And it becomes a very subtle brainwashing of only what our organization says is true. It's true. And if you say anything else, we're gonna we're gonna thank you for that, and we're not gonna be rude. But we're gonna kind of show you we didn't think you were right, and we're gonna move on to somebody else until that person regurgitates what they say. Well, that's what we I see in our society today. Um, I, I I like to think of myself as more of a free thinker. Like I will change my mind on things if you can show me, you know, that I'm wrong. Uh, but most people won't do that, and it's because the, I I believe it's because they're stuck in that tribal mentality that you know, who knows, maybe it's part of human DNA to be tribal like that. Um, And so I kind of wonder how much of a difficult job you're going to have with a movement like this, changing people's attitudes, because that's huge. If you could change people's attitudes, I agree with you at that point, where things will get better.
2: All right, I I have been changing people's attitudes. So I appreciate that. And let me just speak to this. There's a lot you brought up. and I I want to make sure I, I wrote some notes here. But the first point about division and the tribal thing, I, that's the whole point. That's why I, I named the, the one group as the one tribe. There are, um, certain things that humanity does share, uh, universally. Okay. And it may be that we're division on which basketball team we like, but as humanity, uh, we all want, um, to be our best selves and all the rest of the goodness, right? So, I mean, the, the on the foundational level, we are one tribe. It depends on, on where you break the tribe, right? A political tribe. You have a, you know like you said a a a medical or how you view medicine tribe right you're it's more of like the outlook and it's like your tribe is is helping to program you and it's not all one person though you know I mean it's not all political tribe it's your parents it's you know the the political leaders you listen to but it's also celebrities that you listen to it's your friends it's in the news it's you know this the snippet you hear that all programs you and and I think that's where I'm I'm saying is like humanity, as far as I can tell, throughout all of human history, we've been a little fragmented. I mean, a lot fragmented and very confused and divided. And we as uh, at this time in human history is the only time that we've ever been this connected. Right. We can literally know what's happening on the other side of the world instantly. We can connect and join with people all over the world like never before. And we have countries like America that are mixed like no other time ever in human history. So as far as uh, for people all over the world. So and that's happening with travel and uh, people all, in the West, especially, um, you know, integrating for um, immigrating to other countries and living together. So <clears throat> what we haven't done is found the core way that we can all uh, live together in the core belief system that we all share, because we're all kind of like you said, we're all tribal. We're all fragmented. We're all coming from these desperate areas. But then the question is, how do we get together? Um, and unite. And that's what I think I'm showing us. I'm trying to, and I don't know if I can do it in this one show. If you give me a shot, people, check out the book, check out the movement and the other things. It's a little complicated. I'm not sure how to describe it all to you in two minutes. It took me 30 years just to yeah. get here, um, but I, I'm working on it. And I, but what my hope is, man, every, every time I talk to people, when you have these deep discussions, like on what really matters, like if you, when you, if you ever been hit by a car, laying in the hospital or whatever, and you're like, shh, You know, that's what humanity really wants us to work on first as a society. Like you want your water systems working your power systems, medical systems. You want the truth tellers. You want people in power that are uh, speaking truth and of merit. You know what I mean? You want the systems working correctly. You don't want us blowing all sorts of money. You don't want corruption. Everybody wants this. Not one human being I've talked to. Forget about, that's what I'm talking about, the fringe issue. The The sports team mentality of our political party wants you to scream and yell about this one issue and get you upset. And everybody screaming and yelling and divided so they can make more money. Donate, donate, donate. And that's what I'm saying that, that mentality has been happening. I mean, it's part of the whole thing, you know, the, the Machiavelli, the prince, you know, the, the art of war, uh, that's whole mentality and how you divide to conquer society, how you gain power, how you manipulate people, um, is what is being played out now. It is being played out all throughout human history. The difference is, right now, we, the people, can connect ourselves. We don't have to go through the super rich, powerful people to let us connect through their newspaper, through their radio, through their TV. We are connecting right now. Uh nobody can stop us to do that. So we have an opportunity on this planet right now to to take the next step instead of it being such a centralized um, dictatorship, downward, you know, power only world, uh to make it more grassroots, uh, you know, user friendly, you know, happiness involved, you know, gamify the whole planet, uh our work, everything else, make it beautiful for God's sake. Um type of situation i mean and that's what i'm talking about if you if you're if you're a cynic all i can say to you i've had this discussion lately and everybody keeps saying me drew you got to get more pissed off and what i want to say is like if you're the cynic and you don't believe me i get it i was there with you the only reason i'm standing here is because i found an answer what i'm saying to you is if you as a good person don't believe me take the time to investigate it to know it because once you do you'll go this is the way i just had this discussion with somebody else they were pissed off they're like uh three months later, like, you know what, this is the way, you're right, I'm here to back you up, I'm, I'm going to help you out, whatever you need, so, and it's not about me, okay, this is not about me, okay, I'm just a messenger, I'm just a person, just like you, filling my role in life, it means nothing, it's like, you're in, you're in competition with yourself to be your best person, I'm in competition with myself to be the best person, I'm flawed, um, I'm just trying to help everybody as best I can, if that makes sense. <laughs> Totally makes sense, and I, I'm definitely
0: going to pick up a copy of your book. Which leads me to say, why don't you let our audience know where they can find a copy of your book? You know, where to find your your websites, etc. And I'll make sure those get into the show notes as well. By the way,
2: oh sure, sure. The the book is the way: seven revolutionary steps to living a meaningful life and making a real difference in the world. Uh, you can find it everywhere. It's on Amazon, of course. Um, every bookstore all over the world, pretty much. You can also find it on my website. Uh, and all the links to the, where it is. So the website is seven way me. That's the number seven, w-a-y dot me. And it's named that because it's kind of like a command. The way has seven steps and it's got me at the end. So it's seven way me. So it takes you there. You get all this good stuff, but there you can get the way. You can join the one, um, learn about that, all the different, uh, the tribe, the movement and the party. You can watch videos. I've been doing a lot of videos, still learning how to do them, but, uh, how to overcome negative thinking, depression, and suicidal thoughts, uh, how to overcome uh, addiction, how to fix our justice system, overcome or end corruption, and a lot of other ones that are coming out. So, and again, I'm just getting started. Please help me, everybody. Again, my name is Andrew Calderella, and it's Calderella like Cinderella on the male version. It's Calder instead of Cinder. <laughs> so, uh, I'm still looking for my principal. If anybody wants to come out and uh, help me find her, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny.
1: I, uh, I really like that you have a a way that you describe how to say your name just like I do. I think that's pretty awesome.
2: Right, what are you, what um, is yours?
1: Uh, it's it's Toria, like Victoria without the Vic. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but, but you've been a truly wonderful guest, and we've really appreciated having you. Um, I'm definitely going to connect with you online, and we're looking forward to having you back someday.
2: Uh, I'd love to be back. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and I hope to hear from you. All like right. That, well, With that. Good
0: night, everyone.
2: (laughs) Hasta la bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant.
1: If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play.
0: If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating.
1: This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.